morning, church. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And we look forward to this being over so we can be back together. Uh, we'll probably have to start that slowly. It probably had to be just worship. And then after a few weeks of seeing how that goes, then back to Sunday school. But we'll get there. Uh, God is good. He continues to bless us. He continues to protect us. And so uh, we're looking forward to seeing everyone again. Uh, this morning, I wanted to look at uh, comfort from the divine shepherd out of Psalm chapter 23. And Psalm 23, uh, you know it. Uh, they say that among American Christians, Psalm 23 and the Lord's Prayer are the two best known scriptures in America. It says, David writes, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare us the table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anointeth my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's go to God in prayer. Father God, thank you for a Sunday morning worship time. Thank you for all your many blessings. Thank you for being with us as we're in different places at different times. Your Holy Spirit is still there to teach us. So Lord, teach us from your word. Comfort us where we need comfort us, comforted. Challenge us where we need challenged. Lord, uh, care for us. Meet our greatest needs during this time. And Lord, as you do this, I pray you'll especially speak to those who have never accepted Jesus Christ publicly as our personal Lord and Savior, and that they will do exactly that. We thank you for your many blessings, and guide us into your word now, into your truth. In Christ's name, amen. When Matthew was in high school and he'd been showing uh, registered cattle, he decided his senior year that he wanted to show a lamb. He'd been wanting to show a lamb for many years. And so we went down to uh, the state fair during the spring and they had a lamb sale. He picked out one we thought we could afford and during the auction we bought the lamb. We brought him home and, and he named him Buddy. And at first he was fairly sweet. But I discovered something about sheep. I discovered I didn't much care for sheep. They were not very smart. The lamb would get out, and then he was hard to catch. It wasn't like our cows that I could just take a bucket and shake some feed, and here they'd come. He had to be hungry before he would come. And he would eat too much grass, and then we'd have to walk him and walk him and walk him. He would get in a fight with our bull. He was 100 pounds, and the bull was 1,800 pounds. He just wasn't very smart. So when the Bible calls us sheep and his sheep, I'm not sure that that's really a compliment or speaks more to our nature. But I do find comfort in this psalm. I find comfort that I have a divine shepherd, a perfect shepherd. And because Jesus is perfect, there's some things we need to know. The main one is this. When we follow Jesus, He, as our divine shepherd, takes care of us. When we follow Jesus, 
He takes care of us. But what does that look like, especially now with all the things going on in the United States, in our communities, with the pandemic and and people dying and getting sick and fear reigning in our land. The economy is is going downhill. Uh, uh, our military might can't help us any. Our, our knowledge of of medicine doesn't help us because we haven't figured this disease out yet. And so what does that look like, that if we follow Jesus, he takes care of it? Well, first of all, it looks like this. You see, in a journey of life, a journey of faith, in Jesus, it requires a well-placed faith. It requires a well-placed faith. You see, <clears throat> this entire psalm points emphatically, directly to the Lord. He's the key. He's the one this is about. It says the Lord, the Lord, the one true God. Okay, The one who is king of kings and lord of lords. He is creator, redeemer, sustainer. He has revealed himself in his word, the Bible. And he's revealed himself as the son in Jesus Christ. And he left us the Holy Spirit to reside in us and teach us his truth from his word on how to live. That God, that Lord, Adonai, the Lord, the one, that Lord what this psalm is about it says the lord and then it gives us two special words the lord is my my means a possession my emphasizes not a religion it emphasizes not uh, a denomination it emphasizes a relationship we were created to have a love relationship with jesus christ We do that by repenting of our sins and placing our faith in him that only he can save us, that he was the perfect sacrifice as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. We place our faith in his atoning work on the cross and he becomes our personal Lord and Savior. And then it says, the Lord is my shepherd. Shepherd speaks of an intimate relationship. It speaks of a relationship that is special. We don't know a lot about shepherds. Most of us have never been shepherds. David knew all about it. He was the shepherd king, taken from the sheepfold and made king of Israel. He knew all about it. When he said, the Lord is my shepherd, he knew what a special relationship that was. See, the Lord is my shepherd. See, the shepherd lives with the flock. Our Bible tells us that Jesus said he would never leave us nor forsake us. You see, he lives with the flock. He is literally everything everything to the life and well-being of the flock. You see, he is the corrector of the flock. He is the provider of the flock. He is the guide of the flock. If one gets hurt, he's the physician of the flock. He is a friend of the flock. The flock trusts the shepherd. See, if you've ever watched a video of true shepherds, they can house all their flocks together. And when they leave, each shepherd calls and his sheep know his, his call and they follow out and they'll separate and go exactly where they're supposed to because they know he's their friend, their protector, their provider. When it says the Lord is my shepherd, it speaks of a dependent relationship. That should really hammer us home that we are dependent upon God. 
that he is our provider, our protector, our corrector. You see, it implies a relationship. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Do we have that kind of faith? A well-placed faith? See, the journey of life requires a well-placed faith. There's a little ditty, and it says this. Doubt sees the obstacles. Faith sees the way. Doubt sees the darkest night. Faith sees the day. Doubt dreads to take a step. Faith soars on high. Doubt questions who believes. Faith answers, I, I, I. Again, I question for all of us, do we have that kind of faith? Have you been walking with the Lord? Do you trust Him with your very being in the midst of this with your health? In the midst of this with your finances? In the midst of this with your relationships? Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? 2 Corinthians 13, 5, the Apostle Paul says to test to see if you're in the faith. 1 John is a book and it gives us a different test that show that we're in the faith. We need to remember, James says, you believe in God, you do well. The demons believe and tremble. Just to believe in God is not enough. There's all kinds of gods people believe in. But do you have a faith relationship with Jesus Christ? You've done what he said to do to be saved, which is to repent of sin and place your belief in him. And that belief is not a head knowledge. It's a heart-changing knowledge that changes the way we live, the way we look at life. It gives us a different worldview. That is a faith that is well-placed. So whatever we're trusting in, we need to make sure our faith is placed in Jesus Anything else is misplaced faith. Anything else is something we're depending on that is sand, shaky ground. We need to ask, do we have a well-placed faith for divine comfort? The second thing that I see is in verses 2 and 3. It's this. In the journey of life, in the journey, our faith journey, we need to reconnect with the facts of our faith walk. And when I say reconnect, maybe a better word would be we need to recount the facts of our faith walk. We need to recount the facts of our faith walk. David goes on. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. What are the facts of your faith walk? What are the facts of my faith walk? Henry Blackaby in his work, Experiencing God, said these are spiritual markers these are spiritual signposts that we're to drive down when we see God working in our life. You might call them, and I might call them blessing, and have us to go there. The way God has worked in our life, and we've seen Him deliver us from this and lead us here, and have us to go there, and He has blessed us as we walk. Have we recounted that? Have we counted all the times He has done that? Do we understand that? You see... We need to know that God is always at work. 
And as he's walked with us in the past, it gives us assurance that he's with us right now. If you've seen God and I've seen God work in our past, it should assure us he's still working in our lives right now in the midst of all of this. And we need to think about those things. If you can remember the details this week, write them down. Praise God. Thank him again for that. If you've got a date in mind, maybe it was when you were saved and the Lord gloriously saved you and you need to write it down. And who was there and how did the experience happen? But see, it's an experience that works like this. It says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Sometimes we forget that he didn't just lead us to green pastures. He makes us lie down in green pastures. Sometimes rest is required. Sometimes we need to get alone with God. Sometimes he brings us on our backs or to total stillness so that we can be still and know that he is God. He will be exalted in the nations. He will be lifted up. During this time, that's exactly what he's done. He's made us slow down. He's made us lie down in green pastures, his green pastures. Sheep need green pastures. They need that nutrient of the grass and other things. We need the nutrient of spending time with God in His Word. We need the time of connecting with our God in the power of prayer. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. Still waters speaks of safety for a sheep. They can't swim in fast waters. They sink. Still waters, they can cross if it's shallow enough. Still waters, they're not afraid of. Still waters are clear waters that are running waters that are, that are deep and cool and refreshing. He leads me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. You see, the care and protector is our shepherd. He restores our soul physically and spiritually. But through all this, it says he leads us to do these things. He still wants to lead us to experience him in new ways during this pandemic. He still wants to lead us to reconnect with him. He still wants to lead us maybe to renew our faith in him. He wants to lead us to a faith in him if you haven't accepted Christ. As Lord and Savior. See, he is the shepherd, the righteous one. Says he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In other words, he's able to lead us in paths of righteousness. He's able to protect his good name by guiding us as a shepherd guides the sheep. I remember getting married and going to seminary. And and seminary was hard. It was a long way from Arkansas. And... uh, Elizabeth and I, at different times, would get a little blue, a little homesick. We had our friends there, but it wasn't like coming home. It wasn't as green as home. It wasn't the same as home. But one of the bright spots in our lives was that a little Baptist church called Holland Baptist Church, their WMU group adopted us and would send us things. They might hear that we were a little short of this or that, and they might send some money. Uh, They might send us a care package, and it would have either Elizabeth's favorite jelly or my favorite cookies or both. It'd have all different kinds of things that they would make for us and send to us. 
It wasn't cheap for them to do that and to mail it. But God cared for us through them because right when we needed something, there would be a care package in the mail. Right when we were down, when we were thinking, this is not good. We want to go home, Lord. There the care package would be that day usually or the next day after we had discussed it. And it would just lift our hearts up. And it was God as our shepherd caring for us through others. And we need to let people do that for us and appreciate that. You see, if you recounted God's working in your life and counted your blessings, name them one by one, as the song says, it'll brighten your day. It'll let you know that God is still at work among us. God is always good, and He's good always. It goes like this. It should bring peace and trust to our troubled soul. God does not desert His own. He knows His sheep by name, and they know His voice. We are His sheep. We are to follow Him in faith. And we need to recount the facts of our faith walk, how God has worked in the past for assurance that he's still working now. See, we may mutiny, but God never does. He's the shepherd of our souls. The third thing I see after I see that, that uh, life takes a well-placed faith and life should lead us to recount the facts of our faith walk, at some point in the journey of life, We must face our greatest fear. At some point in the journey of life, we have to face our greatest fear. Verse 4 says it this way. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comforteth me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comforteth me. At some point, we have to face our fear. Fear can come in a lot of forms. See, the valley of the shadow of death, scholars are divided Some think it's just prose, poetry. It's a a beautiful way of saying during the deepest, darkest times. Some think that it was a little literal valley that the shepherds would know because to get to pastures in Israel, they would have to cross through this valley. It was deep. It was dark. It was dangerous. There could be robbers. There could be things that would hurt the sheep. It was overgrown. And the shepherd would patiently lead his sheep safely through that valley. Well, either way. It talks about it being the shadow of death. Because those in Christ don't really die. There are some valleys we have to face. You can't go around them. You have to go through. You have to face that fear. But Jesus addressing our greatest fear in John said it this way. In John chapter 11, we find these words. Lazarus has died. Martha has gone out to meet Jesus, who she thought was late. Her brother had died. Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. In other words, she's saying, why didn't you come sooner? But Jesus told her this. 
Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? In other words, it's the promise of eternal life for those who have a well-placed faith in Jesus. Who have walked with him. Who have talked with him. Who allowed him to lead them. It's interesting to me that the shepherd doesn't herd the sheep like we do cattle. He doesn't push the sheep. He goes out in front and guides the sheep. Even through the valley of the shadow of death. He never leaves the sheep alone. See, if we know Jesus is our personal Savior, we don't die. It's just the shadow of death. Do we understand that? God goes with with us to the valley. He's beside us. He's leading us. The perils here are dealt with with his rod and his staff. A shepherd's rod or a shepherd's staff represented the crook that he had to keep the sheep safe. And the rod, now the rod... The straight part could be used to fend off, we'd say coyotes, wolves, bears, whatever. Or others who would steal the sheep or try to steal the sheep. But the rod also was to direct the sheep. If a sheep kept going off, he would reach out and push the sheep over. Or he would grab it with the crook and bring it back to safety. God directs us through our greatest fears. Ann Landers, who died many years ago at the height of her popularity, received over 10,000 letters a week, all from people who had problems asking for advice. They asked her, out of all those thousands of letters she received per week and year after year, was there a common theme, a common problem? She thought about it a minute and paused and said... There is one problem above all others, and it's fear. People are afraid. They're afraid of losing their health. They're afraid of losing their wealth. They're afraid of losing their loved ones. They're afraid of how to live in this generation. They're afraid of death. Fear was their greatest fear. Whatever your greatest fear are, death, loss of health, your job, your career, your family, You see, maybe it's of an unknown future which we face now. God is the one who says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of death, the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. God's presence is here to see us through all those things. Christ can handle your fears. And believe me. From personal experience, there are different things that will come into your life that you've always been afraid of. And then when it's over, you'll think, Lord, you brought me through that. Lord, you were faithful to your word. I promise you'll discover that, but there does come a time when you have to face it. You can't go around it. You can't back up from it. You have to go through it. This is one of those times. The last thing is this. During the journey of life, We need to prepare for the future. 
During the journey of life, we need to prepare for the future. David says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anointeth my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As David goes through this psalm of of hope, of comfort from the divine shepherd, he reminds us that we have to prepare for the future. If you haven't accepted Christ, you haven't prepared for any future at all. This is really a victor psalm. It's a faith that's prepared to face the future unafraid with God. Some say it was used as an ascension ceremony as as the people would walk up the hill to the temple. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You, Lord, anoint my head. My cup runneth over. The anointing was a blessing. The cup being full represented blessings. And God does that for us. But verse 6 is a belief in God's covenant love. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's the dwelling place of Christians. That's the dwelling place of those who have placed their faith in Christ Jesus. There was a lawyer. and He was very famous, and he would take different clerks on that would work for him to learn about the law and learn how to apply the law and learn how to do the law. And everybody wanted to be his clerk. And there was a long list of requirements and to be at top of your class and serious and work long hours. But the final, the final requirement was that you had to do an exit interview with him at his home, in his study, after you had supper with him. Everybody said, well, we can do that. And inevitably, he always asked them the same question, and this was it. What have you planned for life? Well, sir, after I have my law degree conferred upon me after serving as your clerk, I want to practice law. I want to join uh, a good law firm or maybe uh, um, start my own. He said, and then he said, well, I'd like to become a judge. And then, well, I'd like to work my way up as close as I can to the Supreme Court. And then he said, well, during that time, I want to have a wife and start a family. And then he said, well, we want to purchase the nicest home we can afford. And then he said, I want to retire. And then I want to enjoy my grandchildren. And, and then he said, well, I, then I guess I'll die. And he said, and then? So, well, I don't know then. He said, then you haven't prepared for life. You haven't prepared for anything that matters. And he would share Jesus with his law clerks. You haven't really thought about it. My question, as you listen today, have you thought about it? If you've thought about it and you know you need to do it, now's the time. You can pray a simple prayer asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins and be the boss of your life. And the Holy Spirit will come and reside inside of you when you do that. And you can be forgiven of your sins and have life eternal with Jesus Christ. If you feel him tugging at you, it's time to quit resisting and do that. 
If maybe you're unsure about the future and you have all these fears, it's time to reconnect with Christ. You say, well, I've been saved, but I haven't been living for him. Then you need to rededicate your life. You need to say, I want to live for you. You need to have the peace that passes understanding that you're now right with God again, that you're doing his will. Maybe there's something else you need to do. Maybe you need to pray for this pandemic that God will be glorified. That he will stop this from having wave after wave as they're predicting. That, that God would be so close to you and so close to the churches that they'll just catch on fire. You can't be near God and not feel his fiery presence. Maybe we need to pray for revival to break out across our country. Whatever you need to do, pray. I'm going to dismiss this with a prayer, and it will be done. Father God, once again, thank you. Protect uh, those in the medical field that are so close to the front lines, those that are our first responders, our police, our firemen. Be with our military personnel who are helping out. Lord, be with our missionaries who are in harm's way. Be with our church family and our extended family, our loved ones. Keep us safe from this disease. Please, Lord, do this for us. And we'll be careful to praise your name for you alone are worthy of praise. With all the fear that's going on, only you can take control. Father, with those who have lost their jobs, help them to find work. Help our businesses to reopen and surprisingly spring back stronger than ever. So many are facing to have to close their businesses. Things that they've worked for their whole life have gone down the drain. And life seems hopeless. It's handed them a crushing blow. But you can help them, Lord. You can. You can turn things around. In the midst of this, reveal yourself to people who need to know Jesus. You are our creator, our redeemer, our sustainer. You are the Holy One of Israel. You are the God of the universe, the God of this world. Be with Christian brothers around our world and help them. Father, thank you for your blessings. Help us to respond to you as you call us. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Church, I'll see you Wednesday night. Hang in there. Be good. Be careful. Bye.
Morning church. This is uh, Brad Marler, for those that don't know me. I'm one of the new deacons here at the Gaspel Baptist. Um, we just wanted to check in with everybody this morning. Say hey, hey to everybody. Uh, hope everybody's doing good. We miss you. Um, just let you know that uh, though we're not meeting, uh, things are still happening here at the church. Um, uh, deacon body's still here. We're here for you. Um, we're available to do anything we can to help out as always. Um, you know, people that are staying in, whether it be getting groceries, medicine, any other thing, whether it pertains to COVID-19 or not, uh, you know, let one of us know if there's something we can do. Um, you know, these are trying times. Uh, I'd like to thank Brother Gary and Brother Galen. They're really uh, stepping it up. Uh, Brother Gary stepping out of his comfort zone, doing a great job of bringing us uh, the messages on the through YouTube and whatnot. Um, Galen's doing, Brother Galen doing lots of things, making that happen. Uh, he may not be stepping out of his comfort zone. He's uh, showing his talents through that, but uh, we thank him for that and, uh, and many other things that are going on. Um, you know, behind the scenes, and just thank everyone that does that. We'd like to thank some ladies of the church that have been uh, making uh, masks for our uh, uh, healthcare workers and different things, going to many different places. Uh, that's a great ministry that they're using their their talents for. Um, I'd like to encourage everybody to to uh, still give your tithes during this time, even though we're not meeting at the church building. Um, you know, there's still bills that have to be paid. Um, our staff needs paid. Uh, we still need to be supporting our missionaries. Um, you know, overseas and that, I mean, we have to support that. Uh, so think about that. And if you feel led to do so, I encourage you to continue to give your tithes. Um, there's uh, other methods have been set up to do that, even though we're not there passing the plate around. Uh, there's online has been set up. Uh, uh, Sunday mornings, I believe it from 10 to 11. Uh, I could be wrong on that time. <laughs> uh, there's a, there'll be two deacons at the church in the New Fellowship Hall every Sunday. They're there if you'd like to drop it off. You can drop it off the office through the week. Uh, but consider that. Don't forget about that. Um, also, I'd like to encourage everybody with uh, you know that has uh, kids at home. Uh, feel free to show them this video. Uh, I encourage you to. If there haven't been, you know, show, make sure they're watching Brother Gary or Brother Galen or when they send these uh, their messages out. Uh, it's uh, This is trying times for all of us, but uh, we don't want to forget that it'd be so easy for them to get out of the habit uh, if we don't uh, enforce that. Uh, we need to teach our kids. We need to be doing that anyway. And, uh, but with that, um, let's see here. Just remember that God's in control. I'm going to read a few verses here in a minute. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that uh, uh, are concerned. Uh, it's uncertain times right now, whether they be scared or some people, it's just frustration. Um, but remember, God's got this. He's in control. Um, we need to, you know, there's been a lot of things... Uh, I guess distractions you could say that have been taken away during this time and uh, let's make the best of that and 
you know, try to get closer to God. Um, that's what we need to try to do, especially those that, you know, when we pray for those that are out of work, uh, we'll just, you know, hear in our thoughts and prayers and, and just hang in there. We're going to get through it. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to read a few verses here. Uh, I'm going to start in the book of James, uh, chapter 1, and verses 2 through 4. And it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So joy is something we don't think of when we talk about when we think about trials. Um, uh, everybody faces trials. Uh, I don't care who you are, you're going to at some point. Jesus faced trials when he was on this earth. That's part of it. But the the, the point of this these verses here, he says, count it all joy when you fall into trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. When we face things like this, we need to grow from it. Uh, our faith is tested, and we have the option of we can grow from it or we can go the other direction with it and as Christians we need to make the positive of it you know there's people watching us that they always are um, this is just another one of those times if they see that we are scared to death and I'm not saying that it's bad to be have your concern that's a normal reaction but they're watching how we're how we're reacting to this and we need to be strong in our faith and grow from it and uh, be a positive witness and make the best of this situation. Um, from there, I'm going to go to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. And it says, this is uh, the Apostle Paul writing, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus so what is he saying here he's you know be anxious for nothing he's telling us don't worry but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving make your request known to God he wants us to bring our uh, our concerns our fears our bring everything to him that's what he wants um, even though he knows what we're thinking he still wants us to make those requests <clears throat> um, and keep in mind there like he said with Thanksgiving he wants us to you know we need to be thankful uh, always uh, thank God for everything as well not just uh, gimme 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 uh, we need to pray for things that are in his will and the end of this here in verse 7 it says the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds. See, if we turn things over to Him, He knows things we don't. He knows He's what we call omnipotent. He's all-knowing. And we just need to give our everything to Him, whether it has to do with COVID-19 or anything else you're dealing with, turn it over to Him. He will give you peace through that. And I'm going to read one more verse of Scripture here. We're going to turn to the book of John, the Gospel of John chapter 16 verse 33 
And it says, this is Jesus talking, it says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So once again, you know, like I said earlier, we know we're going to experience tribulation trials on this earth. That's a given. There's no getting around it. It's going to happen until Jesus comes back or we die. But here's the good thing. We can find peace in Jesus. He says it right here. He says, in the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, because I, Jesus, have overcome the world. So with that, I asked, I have to ask this question. We can find peace in him. So that's something we need to think about. If there's somebody watching here today that uh, you haven't made that decision uh, to follow Jesus, to make him the king of your life, to ask him in your heart, what's stopping you from doing that? Why not today? Um, and I'll explain that a little bit for if there's anybody that doesn't watching that doesn't know how to do that. Um, you know, it starts at the beginning when God created Adam and Eve. Uh, once they sinned in the garden, from that time on, every person born is born in the sinful nature. We're separated from God. The, the Bible says that He is the light of the world, and in Him is no darkness, which is sin. And He can't be in the presence of sin. So we're separated, and we need so we need to re admit that and repent from our repent from our sins. We need to believe believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He lived a perfect life, rose on the third day, and paid our sin debt. Um, and then we should confess that and make it public. And if we do that, you can have this peace that He's talking about. And the Holy Spirit will come live in you, and you have that peace. And that's what we're looking for. Um, but anyway, so I'm going to wrap this up. Um, like I said earlier, just uh, we miss everybody. Uh, Sundays are, if you're like me, it's just not right, not being in church. <laughs> uh, the building, I mean the church is the people, but uh, we miss that. But uh, keep your head up, um, just hang in there, we're going to get through it. And uh, like I said, just, just remember that... Uh, there's people all around that will help with anything we can do. Um, and uh, like to pray for your pastors and, uh, and everybody that is, they're working real hard to uh, still try to bring the word to us. And we thank them for that. Um, and with that, I'll end this with a prayer. <clears throat> Dear God, we thank you, Lord, for this day. It's a beautiful day. Uh, we just pray that you be with all those that are that are hurting and scared uh, just give them comfort and peace that only you can and uh, let them know that you're in control lord and lord just uh we just ask that you uh just forgive us lord when we fail you and we want to thank you for all of your blessings lord and uh, thank you for all those that are working so hard and uh, working diligently in the healthcare field and things to take care of these uh sick people and just uh, watch over us lord and we ask this prayer in your name amen Hopefully we'll see y'all soon.